Hello, I'm Tom Aspall and welcome to Bottle Pop Greatest Hits Volume 1. alcoholic drink since I did my last podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Oh, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Oh, hey. beautiful. Nice noise there. Yeah. Hey. Woo, happy birthday. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Hey. Beautiful. Ooh. Nice. Ideal. Oh, it does look like Piers. Yeah, it does. Ooh, that is picking that sound. Is it? Yeah, really good. Ooh. We still get that. Ooh. Oh, it's bubbly. Is it? Yeah. Well, it is a frizzantic. Oh, did it? Oh, that is nice. It is nice, isn't it? I love it is a bit alcoholy. Taste. Smells a bit alcoholy. Should we not have it? (laughs) That's really nice and cold. That is lovely, isn't it? That's really good. Especially on a hot day like today. We'll square up later, Chris, or it just gets nasty. The fly in my fucking glass. Fuck France. What a summer. Over the last four months, we've had 16 episodes recorded across two countries with 17 guests, six journalists, six singer-songwriters, two music managers, one knitwear designer, one PR guru, one songwriter from four countries across three continents who've written between them 13 top 10 singles and three number ones, mentioning Jerry Hallowell 15 times, Rob Copsey seven times, interviewed all five Spice Girls, chosen 49 different aux cable selections, drunk 14 bottles of Prosecco, made 16 different toasts, and got to number two on the iTunes Music Podcast chart. Not so bad if I do say so myself. So when it came to doing some kind of best bits compilation, I wanted to try and make it like an actual episode, try and link everything together and do clips from each episode and kind of turn it into some kind of journey. But some of these links are gonna be very tenuous, but what can you do? I'm just one person. Um, So we start our journey way back in the very beginning of summer, on the very first day of summer, in fact, on the 1st of June, those heady days, they were so full of promise on episode one with Joe Stone. And um, Shawn Mendes is the other Shawn one. Shawn Mendes. Yeah. Do you know if I know who Shawn Mendes is? Oh, is I'll bring up a little yeah, picture. An image. He is, oh, I've just accidentally typed in Shawn Cody instead <laughs> oh, of Shawn Mendes. Honestly, <laughs> I did. that your history? No, 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 no. That was a genuine mistake because I was going to make the point that he looks like he should be. Oh my God, can I tell you, I've got, I've, that's reminded that's me of a really good bit of pop trivia that you might enjoy as well. Oh yes. Oh yeah, so he's like a Twinkie new pop star, Shawn yeah. Mendes. Doesn't say Twinkie. I have why? Can you not say twinkies? I don't know. Is that a bit offensive? I don't think twinks in a, a derogatory tip. I mean, that Ooh. image is pretty twinky. I mean, that... I mean, he... So, my boyfriend, who will not be named, mm-hmm. um, he uh, met him at the weekend mm-hmm. and he sent me a text saying that he had a Sam. 
<laughs> so that's how we feel about it. Um, that's nice that you can share that. Isn't it? Share yeah, I might have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> that in a, oh, I'm going to tell you my story oh, yes. that Sean Cody made me think of. Oh, yeah. That, so do you, can you remember the X Factor girl band, Bellamy? Yes, Bellamy. Do you know that I named them Bellamy after Bellamy? No, you yeah, named them. I did. What? Really? But, yeah, I did. Because one of them was one of my friends and they were going to call themselves the last time Sally's because they were like one of those groups that was thrown together from all the like odds and sods at boot camp or whatever and I had a begging conversation with her where I was like and it was on the day where they have to like sign or like do you know what I mean like it gets registered or whatever that is unbelievable and I begged her and was like come up I'll come up with like 20 better names than last time (laughs) and um Bellamy literally like blurted out loads of things on their phone and then went through my like internet history or whatever to try and just grab out random phrases and was like Bellamy no way and she's like dead northern and she's like yeah I love that what's it mean like, oh I don't know beautiful friend beautiful friend yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even know if it, that's beautiful so there's a bit of I had absolutely no idea so there we have it very early on I was revealing too much information um, I revealed my internet search history and Joe revealed the true meaning of Bellamy speaking of revelations the name of my mixtape as well may I add in early July we found out that Sophie Wilkinson was in a band called Bloke. So I saw this advert on the stage to go and audition for the, a new girl band. So I went down to Guildford to the, the a, is it called the ACM or something like that? There's like this Guildford Music Centre and so I did an audition. I played Blondie Call Me and I played it. I learned the chords for it and stuff. And then I got into a girl band called Bloke with no. an exclamation mark at the end. So it must be like, Bloke! Wow! Yeah. And we had... I did not know this. We had this. a song called... I know, I should have brought that as, you know, one of my, my aux cable yeah. songs. But um, I'll have to send it to you. I, I'm not sure where where they're kept they're, actually the CDs might be at home I'll bring that I'll, I'll, I'll come back one day and I'll, I'll send you 18 I was, I was about 16 right and I was I was doing really well at school and then I just decided right fuck school I'm gonna go and like join this band and mm-hmm. stuff and I'm really really happy that I didn't and actually I did an interview uh, Peter Robinson Pop Justice came and interviewed us and he did a kind of <gasps> he did some press training for us and wow. he interviewed our drummer who was gorgeous but not very good at drumming and I can slack her off because I I we, we were completely manufactured it was all before it was yeah. before even MySpace I said to them do you think we should get my, like a MySpace profile no but anyway I, I was such a keen fan of Pop Justice and I was always writing on the forums yeah I got into a fight with someone because I said that the guy from Keen looked like he should be slapped in the face with a piglet which wasn't really fair <gasps> Tom, uh, yeah in the middle of his port addiction oh. and um, so I was I was in this band and I wrote everything on our website. I think it was like a it was really 2.0. It was really like not even two. It was it was backward. It was mm. proper GeoCity stuff. Oh yeah. And I so I wrote the the website and when gifts weren't yeah cool. exactly well, no like but things they didn't were, move. But they just didn't move. We had we had a car we had cartoons drawn up of uh, uh, like. Yeah, we had cartoons drawn up of us, and then we, and then we were gonna go to, and we were pop punk, so we were gonna support McFly on tour. But then our manager would have had to pay loads of money. The rest of the band, I don't really, I don't really know anything about what happened to them. But we ended up kind of peeling off because we all realised that we needed to put our education first. Fucking house, Wilco. You think you know someone, but you don't. Anyway, back in June, Kay Stewart admitted to a ridiculous amount of Ubers. So, Kay, I a little known fact about yourself is that you have 
um, spent a lot of time doing pantomime up and down the country. I thought you were about to say you spent a lot of money on Ubers. You spent a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. Have you? Do you know what? Know. On my recent LA trip, I spent five hundred pounds on Ubers. Okay, do you want to hear a most disgusting fact of all what? time? Go on. So the other day, I was at Uzo's house. Yeah. And Trey was like, you know, Trey Jean Marie. Yes. He was like, there's an app that tells you if you email Uber, yeah, they can reply back to you with how much, how you much money you've spent on your whole Uber life. Fuck. Not how much money you've spent. Sorry, how many Ubers you've taken. Okay. So I was like, okay. Guess how many Ubers I've taken. Okay, so how long have Uber been around? Like I'd say four, about years. four years. Yeah. Okay. And so I there's... started using it like the, a year. I've been, I've been using it for about yeah, about three and a half years. And so there's 365 days a year. I reckon you get at least one a day. And I reckon what are we in now? So it's three times 365. So I reckon 1,000 more. I've taken. <gasps> Eight and a half thousand Ubers. Fuck! Because <laughs> oh, I take like four a day sometimes. There was a time when I was really scared of taking the tube. It was yeah. like a six month period of being really panicky on the tube. Fair enough. And I was like, yeah, I was taking like four Ubers a day. Wow. Did someone like have a word with you? My mum emailed me yesterday. <laughs> she was like, you need to stop taking this. But yeah, I thought that's what you were going to ask me. No, I wasn't. I didn't. Mind. Maybe I did my research for yeah. this. No way. Eight and a half thousand. I put a fucking. Were they all like five pound trips? Range Rover. Yeah, I know. On, on. And also, when I'm in LA, I take like six a day. Yeah. Oh my god, but that is That's insane. Disgusting. Jesus Christ, Kate, that is a lot of Ubers. From one ridiculous mode of transport to another, in late July, Michael Craig gave Bottle Pop an exclusive breakdown of the iconic Rihanna 77 tour. You were on the 777. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, for, yeah. with Nick Levine, episode six. Yes, Nick Levine was doing it for attitude. Basically, they just chucked loads of journalists in this plane mm -hmm. with some fans at the back of the plane mm -hmm. who who were actually the most well-behaved people out of everyone that was there because Rihanna had personally like invited them, so wow, she sort okay. of hung out with them already. You know, they were quite like low-key about it all. Yeah. Whereas we were all like, ah, like this is so exciting. The journalists were just like hideous it in was terms of behavior. Bizarre. So they paid for you to go on a plane and go to Yeah, so they hired country. a jet that we all flew on, including Rihanna, wow. obviously. And then yeah, so that would fly seven countries seven days to promote the unapologetic album. Yeah. Literally though, like we've had to fly to LA. Mm-hmm just to start the trip. That wasn't even part of the thing. Okay. So we all flew to LA and then the next morning when we were all jet lagged, we then flew to Mexico. Right. Which isn't that far. But by then, like you haven't slept in like a little while and you're suddenly in Mexico, which yeah. is just insane. So you were all like a British cohort of journalists. So there was then... British, there was American and Australian and like lots of people from various different places. And we were all like, hey, this is exciting. And then we all got on the plane and then it started for her first gig was in Mexico that night. No sleep. No sleep. Then Mexico, we flew to Canada. Canada. That's quite far. Still hadn't slept. No. Got a day hotel so that we could have like a nap mm -hmm. and maybe like a wash. And then Toronto, we flew to all the way to Stockholm. Whoa. Quite far. Was there um, food and alcohol provided? Yeah, so it was like a normal flight, so you'd get like food. Okay. But we couldn't take off 
it's like sometimes we'd be really delayed because Rihanna wasn't like ready mm-hmm. so the plane couldn't go anywhere until Rihanna was there so sometimes they would have to throw the food away which is why it sort of leaked out that we weren't being fed right but they, they just had to throw it away because they were like it can't last or whatever and you, you're so late yeah and then we went from Stockholm and then it was European so it was sort of fine like Stockholm to Berlin to mm-hmm. Paris to London so we were all back in London all the British journalists and she played the Kentish Town Forum which was just hilarious Alexandra Burke was there I had no idea what I was doing I took a picture of her with my flash on so she just was like and then I had done her biog so she sort of recognised me she just came over and I was like I didn't I couldn't even speak I was so tired and I was oh just God. like Alexandra Burke and then some people didn't bother flying to New York because that was the, the last, last leg. Right. You had to go to New York to see the show and come, back, come like, back the London. next day. Oh but I was God. like, I might as well do all seven because, yeah. you know, you only live once. Yeah. So then we went to New York that night. Fucking But hell. she was so late that we all slept on the floor of the Harrods private... Oh, the members' lounge. Yeah, yeah. But it, there were like hundreds of us all just slept on the floor. Yeah. Like if someone had walked in, they would have thought, I don't know what, like we'd all been killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just had to wait for Rihanna. She showed up about five a.m. Yeah. Then we all got on the plane, just so pissed off, and then flew to New York. And did she know you were pissed off? Yeah, because just before that, someone had made a missing poster <gasps> saying "missing Rihanna." Yeah. And that went viral. Like people were putting it out. Oh someone took their clothes off and ran around the plane while oh we were God. in the air. Where you Australia. In the plane? Like, DJ. The first point, like, <clears throat> and the first few flights, was it quite fun? So like, exciting. A, a she came round, she came round with a bottle of tequila and no. fed people tequila. Oh my God. And I was just like freaking out. And then when we got to Toronto, she was at the luggage carousel, so everyone was like crowding around her. Yeah. And then we didn't see her again really after that. She, right. To be fair to her, she had to perform she seven had, shows oh, in yeah. seven days. She got ill at one point, which is not surprising. Mm. And so she just sort of kept it low key. But then when we flew into New York, she came out and s- stood in the normal bit with us yeah so literally the whole plane just ran forward to like see her and the pl- you could feel the plane just like tipping forward oh my god if you had any fear of flying it was the worst experience no one was putting their seatbelts on people were getting up and down like yeah, while we were yeah, taking yeah. off the pilot had to be like you all need to sit down now so Rihanna had to sit down and she just sort of apologized she didn't apologize actually <laughs> unapologetic but she said like you know this is why she was meant to do press conferences in every single city and she did no. yeah okay well so, who organized this and also like I kind of loved it for that yeah. Like, she doesn't give a shit. She's not going to do a press conference. Why do, Like, she doesn't care. Yeah. She's getting, like, all that promo, whether it's good or bad. That was her first album to go to number one in America. Yeah. Um, it worked for her totally. But in New York, we went to Jay-Z. I think they felt a bit sorry f- for us. So we went to Jay-Z's restaurant, which was amazing. And then we went to Jay-Z's nightclub, which was the worst place I've ever been. Oh, wow. I think he sold it now. But I remember... It was like a huge club and we were all just sort of like, this is fine, but a bit weird. And then they have those huge screens for some reason showing yeah. like TV. Okay. So you'd look around and it would be like an infomercial about like cleaning products. Oh, wow. And everyone had like gold bottles of Moe or whatever. And then you're just like, wow. that woman's cleaning her toilet or whatever. That's so weird. And I was about to leave and then everyone was like, Rihanna's leaving. I was like, what? And so she walked down the stairs with all her bodyguards and I put my hand on her shoulder and just said, you're amazing. And it was probably the cringiest thing I've ever done. And I could have been like knocked out or something because you're not supposed to like touch someone. Yeah. (laughs) As I said, it was originally meant for Justin Bieber. Can you imagine his fans trapped on a plane? Yeah. Oh, we love a celebrity scoop here on Bottle Pop. In the fourth episode, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Eminem, just thought I'd say that, 
told Bullpup all about meeting Beyonce. When you met Beyonce, when I met Beyonce, did she introduce herself like this? I'm Beyonce. This is where I live. This is my lake. I own all of that. All those houses over there, I own that too. You hear those birds chirping? I own them. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to throw that I in. I tell you what, she was so lovely, mm. so nice, mm-hmm. and so just chill. Yeah. Because I was in her house, so I went to the house. Was in this house in particular, one with all the lakes and birds, you know? Yes. yes. All the birds that she owns. Uh, um, no, I went and we, and me uh, my manager at the time. Yeah. We went there and like. Surreal. Uh, it was so surreal. We were going to this door. He's like, it's a big production, like mm-hmm. gates and like security and cars and stuff. Like, it was a whole bit. Yeah. And so uh, they, uh, we do that. We come in mm-hmm. and then we go into the living room lounge and there Jay Z is there on the sofa. Oh, uh, I would. Tom, Tom, like on the sofa sleeping. So no. we and we wake him up and, he, and he's like, oh, oh my god, sorry. Hi, I'm Jay. Yeah. We know. But he was, he just, I gave my head shake. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, because the meeting I had with her was in the studio, her, yep. her home studio. Yeah. So he went in, <clears throat> waited a bit of time, and then, like, yeah, she just strolls in, white t shirt and jeans, like, hi, how's it going? Aww. I'm like, you're like, Beyonce. <laughs> Do you know what? I. This is the thing with Beyonce. I don't really like her. I think that's quite well known. And they're well documented. It's well documented. However, that must have been really, really weird. Thank you, Uzo, for that. I have a celebrity story of my own, name dropper. In August, during our Australian special, I told David Lim about meeting the iconic Miss Kylie Minogue. I've only met her once and it wasn't in a recording studio, it was in a uh, karaoke bar. In what? Yeah, she just wrapped the video for um, Time, Time Bomb, Bomb in Soho. Oh my God. And one of my old housemates was in it and, and I was just with my friend and he was on the door and he was like, yeah, apparently Kylie Minogue's coming down after this and they're doing their little rap party. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, it was live karaoke, so it was a live band. So there was only a set amount of songs that were in their repertoire. Okay. And you had to sign up on a sheet to what you wanted to do. And me and my friend Kelly picked um, the Ronettes, Be My Baby. Oh, sweet. And uh, then Kylie came with all of her sort of crew and dancers and entourage. And it was like, you know, really nice and normal. And she, I think she picked uh, Be My Baby, I think. And Ooh. then, so me and Kelly performed it, but kind of with Kylie Minogue at the same time. She you, jumped on stage with you guys? She was like in front of us and she said that we're really cute. And uh, She said you were really cute. And then years later, who knew? Yeah, I don't know. She, I mean, I doubt she'd remember that. Because uh, well, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to like remind her at some point that she, she told you that you were cute. Yeah. Well, she said me and Kelly were cute. She like oh, made okay. a, she made like a square with her f- finger and thumb, and she's like, "You're cute like that." Oh but, my god. Yeah. Well, I am. So you are yeah. cute. Jokes. I was very lucky meeting Kylie Minogue. Um, you could say um, from meeting our idols that M&EK, Michael Craig, and I um, have been lucky bitches. Hi, my name is Thomas Paul, and you better watch out because it's hot, it's steamy, and it's coming to your phone soon. Yes, it's my new blockbuster, 
Lucky Bitches. The story of two sexy English sisters from Maida Vale. Tom Santangelo and Nick Santangelo. Lucky Bitches. Thank you. That's my first bit of performing arts. That's amazing. For this podcast. Oh, the Nick Levine episode when everything went wrong and we got proper drunk and it was the hottest day of the year and my computer died. It was the end of June. I had no idea what was going on. Um, and ironically, I actually ended up sounding a little bit like Liza Minnelli, who we were trying to send up in the first place. One time only event. My pleasure to welcome that beautiful Liza Minnelli. Hi, guys. <laughs> we have Doris in Georgia. Hi, Doris. Welcome to HSN. You with Liza Minnelli today. Oh, I'm so excited. Hi, Georgia. <laughs> like to That's the funniest thing. Do you think she's saying hi, Georgia, to this day? Or? Like the clothes? Oh, yes. I got um, I got the blouse. The oh, star. good. Oh, good. Oh. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. It was a great thrill. Well, well, it was thrilling to talk to you and I'll remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so cute. I love her. My favourite thing from that home shopping interview thing was when they asked her, like, how she came up with the clothes. Oh, moulding clothes. Yeah. So she, and she's like, oh, you know, like I had a stroke, I was stuck in my hospital bed. I just started working with clay. Oh, no. And how does that, and how does working with clay lead you to create oh, this, like, range of, like... so cute. What, dresses? Yeah, sassy, like, you know, like, sequined black caftans, basically. Oh, God. I love Liza Minnelli so much. What a woman. Do you like her album with the Pet Shop Boys? Oh, it's amazing. Isn't it? It's so good. Have you seen the Don't Drop Bombs video? Yes. Isn't that incredible? She, and she just, she looks so amazing in that video. Doesn't she? She's so fucking And the performances beautiful. are so on point. Yeah. Like her dancing's so awesome. sorry I said, that video was filmed in Hackney Town Hall. No way. No, sorry, Hackney Empire. I didn't know in, that. In the auditorium. Yeah. Everything about that, that era, she just, she looked amazing, the performances were incredible. Really gorgeous. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, get, I really like the fact that I feel like in the last sort of three or four years, it's kind of been rediscovered as yeah. a cult classic. Speaking of rediscovering cult classics, in the last episode of the season, Becky Hill and I remembered this massive banger. This kind of reminds me of uh, that song Heartbroken. Do you remember? Heartbroken without you. Okay, so it'd be Garage. It's not yeah. Garage, though, is it? I can't remember. That was called Baseline. That, yeah, it's like, yeah, Baseline. Baseline. Big in Sheffield, that was. I was I'm partial to a bit of Baseline, you know? I am. There was that other song that was, trying to forget about ordinary things, typical, predictable. Baby, I knew the end before we started. What is that? Mm -mm, you got me feeling like I owe you something. Because you were there and I had nothing. But you do it all the same. Oh, I forgot the words. Things you do. Baby, please forgive me. But what I'm about to say, what I'm about to do, I can't take no more. What was that called? It was. I remember it being called like Big Ang or something. Do you remember? It was. Wasn't it on one of the Ministry of Sound compilations? Yeah, and back it, in like two thousand and five. And I, it was just mixed into two other songs. Yeah, and it's like only two minutes long. Fucking hell, that's a throwback and a half. Even more throwbacks now. In mid-August, Hannah Jane Lewis and 
Julian, my boyfriend, bonded over Avril Lavigne. Real life human being. <laughs> she's she's really small. Is she? Like it feels like I'm always saying that about people. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, for those that don't know, Julian has just in bar like barged in on the podcast, but it's because he's because we were talking about Avril. Because he found out that we were talking about Avril Lavigne, so he yeah. had to be involved. But and I've heard show her your phone case. Oh yeah, Julian yeah. obviously is. And the f- I remember the first time you wrote with me, we were talking about Avril, and you were like, "You've got to meet Julian." Yes, it's true. Because he's going to challenge isn't it weird, you. Actually, Julian, she's also Katy Perry's number one fan. So I feel like she's basically you, but female. Are you Katy Perry's number one fan too? Oh my <laughs> gosh! I'm trying to think what other interesting stuff Avril stuff I've got because I do have Ooh. a lot. Oh my god, I love her so much. Like. She changed my life. I I dressed like her. Like, <laughs> I I my parents were like my mum was like you look awful. But like I remember I used to go around and my hair was like this. Yeah. And I wore like <laughs> I wore like a tie, <laughs> and I wore like big black trousers. <laughs> and I had this like mural. No. Of like all about Canada. And I was like, Mum, we've That's got weird. to move to Canada. Have you been to Canada? And she was like, Well, we might. <laughs> Have you been to Canada? Yeah. So yeah, we like amazing. when we were going to move to America, we were either going to move to Canada or we were going to move to Vancouver or Florida very different and with the whole Vancouver thing I was like we've got to move to America because Mm -hmm. no to Canada because Avril is from Canada that's so niche I love it yeah we didn't end up doing it which was sad what is it that you like about Avril because I really like her I do but I think I'm a bit older than you both so I could see through the really if I could see through it at the time that's why I was so fascinated because like it seemed so manufactured and yet I like loved it so much yeah it was like so committed yeah yeah I think she believed it herself but like Mm. she was so clearly manufactured it's like she had bought into like the whole that you want them creating yeah. around her. Um, well, we do need to wrap this up because we need to go and see <laughs> We've Ella. like, we've gone on to a whole nother tangent. We have. Because I found my soulmate in Julia. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just going to stop recording and let these get on with it. Like, just chatting about Aberdeen. Oh my God, episode 13. That night, Hannah Jane Lewis and I went out on no tea and two bottles of Prosecco and the less said about that, the better. I've worked out actually that during the whole entire season of Bottle Pop, I've drank 105 units. That's nothing to be proud of. Um, But none of those units were drank during the wonderful episode nine with Claire Maguire, in which we reminisced about the cause and I described that time there was a folk festival in my neighbor's garden and I couldn't go because I'd ordered a Chinese. I know, she was the first gig I ever watched. Mm. Yeah, at the NEC in Birmingham. My mom and dad took me, they got tickets as a present oh yeah and they took me and um, love the NEC love the NEC and the, uh, the cause were on before as the oh support act and my dad was like you've got to watch this new band they're from Ireland you've got to go and watch them and I was just like okay so we, we went out there we were like the only ones sitting out there oh, and uh, the cause came on and they were great and my I dad like is obsessed ever since like he is obsessed the with the cause yeah yeah so your dad's Irish right well they're brummy Irish right. so their parents are Irish Irish like yes. came over oh, and then they're second generation Irish yeah lovely and they obviously like the cause you did a I like a folky song I remember yeah I've done a, a few folky like yeah. moments when I'm having my depression depression times depressive phases and I'll be like I need to go Irish it's again it's beautiful music though Thank isn't you. it and do you know what the other day actually after I came back from camping I, me and Julian were just sitting in my uh living room where we are right now and, um, <laughs> I love it by the way living room is amazing oh, flat is amazing thank you so much we, we were just 
just minding our own business and it was hot so Julian opened the window and there was a full on like witchy pagan festival no next door but one no. in the back garden <gasps> and it was like full on I mean you can't really see anything but this is listen also oh, I've just ordered a Chinese call <laughs> oh they invited us True. to come <laughs> it's coming it's coming it's some kind of folky witch oh, festival honestly to me that looks like a dream yeah I would love like, I, I'm obsessed with like witches and folk and, and, yes oh, I've already done that I've ordered the Chinese you can, you can kind of make out the fiddle that's just the I love that it's like medieval yeah it was so beautiful I love that and then I actually went round yeah no I would yeah and I because I'd never do anything like this normally in the, in the end oh my there. god no you were there yeah. moving I love it <laughs> this is my neighbour <laughs> oh wow yeah. oh he's actually he's really good isn't he he's really good shout outs to your neighbour shout outs to my neighbour like wow yes that was fucking surreal from folk music to spoken word one of my favourite moments of the entire season must be from episode one when Joe Stone gave us a dramatic rereading of the lyrics from Alanis Morissette Unsent. Dear Terence, oh. I love you muchly. Oh. I remember how beautiful it was to fall asleep on your couch and cry in front of you for the first time. You are the best platform from which to jump beyond myself. Another hilarious moment uh, when I almost had Kate Stewart's eye out with a cork. Right, I'm about to pop it. Let's hope this. Took our eyes out, then we would have been in any. You know, that's why I've got a phobia of popping champagne. Me too. Because I always think that it's going to There you go. Listen to that. There's nothing in Listen that. Listen to the fizz. Listen to the fizz. Um, Kate's phobia of flying corks makes complete sense. I mean, I can completely get it. She almost was injured for life by my um, poor attempts at opening a bottle. Um, in mid August, I told Britney Superfan. Alim, my fear of towels in hotels um, because of what happened in Las Vegas um, and it is actually a story that will make you just as fearful of hotel towels. I've got a funny story about Las Vegas. I've been quite a few times. I went for my 21st birthday um, but the time I went for my sister's wedding I went with a couple of friends. We were in LA and we drove over and um, we were there before we met the wedding party and we were staying at the Luxor. I might beat that out, but we'll see. And we got there, and we got to our room, and I, all, I was with three girls, and we'd been in the desert for like six hours, and it's really hot and sweaty and horrible. Mm -hmm. So I was like, they all wanted showers before we went downstairs and like mingled. So they all went in the shower, and one by one used all the towels, and I was left with one towel. And I'd been waiting for a shower for like two hours at this point because girls were taking forever. And I got in the shower and I was like, they were all like, I'm really hungry, come on, hurry up. And I was like, okay. Got the towel, pulled it off the rack, held it out, and there was like a brown circle. And I was, I thought, that's strange because it was a perfect circle. It was really like precise. And I was like, that's really odd. And then I sort of leant in further to like inspect it. And I could see like, 
they were like I'm not going to say but like seeds uh, and then I put my nose on it to like smell it and it was what it was what you think it was it was what you think it was this brown circle so I then had to call down to reception and be like hi um we're in room 1024 and um there's poo on my towel <laughs> And they were like, there's what? And I was like, poo. <laughs> and then I thought, obviously, we're in America. They don't understand that. So I was like, poop? Do you say poop? Feces. There's feces on my towel. She was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How does that even happen? I, I, this is it. I don't know. And it was perfect circles. It? it was almost as if someone had it's got like, like, a lucky dip. Yes. Or I don't know what they did, but almost like a, like a biscuit cutter. Like, and just... <laughs> It was so perfect. That's why I was... I wouldn't have put my nose anywhere no, near no, it. Yeah. Like, if I... Yeah, because if it was, like, a smear, then... Or, like, a skin Yeah, you're aware, but if it's... If, if it was, like, a perfect... Like it looked like it's been plotted. Yeah, it was... Yeah, like, with a stencil. Yeah. And she, and we got free buffet. That well, that's good. Yeah. I think if there's shit on your towel, you should have or some you, free buffet. Yeah. But I didn't manage to have a shower with a dry towel, but... Oh, well. That was Las Vegas. Oh. That is disgusting, gross. Um, I did not let the towel story put me off international travel, however. In fact, just three weeks later, I was in France with my boyfriend Julian and our very good friend Sam. And it's Jean-Jacques, you could you get just... a more French name? I know. Jean-Jacques, there's a, there's a metro station in Paris called Jacques Bonsagent. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Rochechoir. Yeah. Rochechoir. We love that. Like that one. That's where we, we stayed. Like how they repeat it as well. Yeah, yeah. Bobby. And the inclination. Yeah. Because like, I live at Bors, it'd be like, Bors. Bors. Yeah. <laughs> Barbez Rochechoir. Barbez Rochechoir. I also so really great. love one of my favourite things is when you get in a train and uh, the noise in the train station. Yeah. It's so It's so drama, isn't it? It is. Before that trip in early July, I also left to the comfort of my flat to take Bottle Pop on the road, albeit literally down the road, to Leo Callian and Emmanuel's house for a chat. I am a fan of Drag Race because I use a lot of Drag Race gifts and a lot of Drag Race memes. Who's your favourite Drag Race contestant of all time? Um. Probably, Listener. probably. You know what? Difficult. It's difficult. So difficult. I mean, I'd say Adore Delano's up there. Alyssa Edwards up there in Alaska. Yeah. Those are and Katia. Those are those. Those, those four are yeah. up there for me, and I really couldn't decide. No one from this season is in your top of all time. Or um, is there anyone that is threatening to to join the ranks of your favourites from this season? Yeah. I would say my my favourite from this season, I, I think I love Valentina and Eureka the most. I like and Valentina. Valentina is amazing and I think Eureka is amazing and both of them actually left prematurely. Yeah. So... Well, at least we've guaranteed Eureka next season. We're guaranteed Eureka next season. I think next we're guaranteed Valentina for All Stars. I think we are, we are more than more than. <laughs> it's guaranteed. really obvious, yeah, isn't it's it? obvious. It's obvious. Really she's going to have to be in it. Yeah. Uh, and she's probably going to win it. Yeah. yeah. I would, I'd be happy if she did. Yeah. But all of her looks were incredible. Her looks were incredible. She's got a great sense of humour. But she's been she, exposed for being a bit of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. She, she has been exposed for being a little bit of a bitch. But you know what? She's a baby drag queen. Mm-hmm. She's young. Um, there was definitely a sense that everybody was ganging up on her a little bit. Yeah. And I think that when you're ganged up on, you do lash, lash out. out. 
We could be as good as Valentina. Just imagine in a year, me and you. We could be. We should. We should. And and I, I feel like you've told me your drag name before, but you, I think, what would you call yourself? Well, this isn't a name that I came up with. This was a name that was bestowed upon me by Emily K. Yes. Um, he does, he said that if I was going to be a drag queen, my drag name should be Shilpa Petty. Love it. Shilpa Petty, like Shilpa Shetty. Shilpa Shetty, Shilpa Petty. <laughs> Which I thought was actually... Petty, just... a petty bit. <laughs> Shilpa Petty, I love it. And oh. I thought that that was really just a stroke of genius. It is, and isn't it? Yeah, because I can really play up to the character. Okay, so this is where the links start to get a bit tenuous between the episodes, but let's try this. So Leo was chatting about drag race and drag queens and assuming an identity, you know, Shilpa Petty, which I think is iconic. Very good. Um, But, you know, from assuming identities to mistaken identities now... Uh, back in episode two, Emma J. Marsh and I were chatting about lookalikes who we get mistaken for. So do you ever get like um, confused for like celebrities or famous people? Like do people ever say, Emma J. Marsh, you look like so-and-so. Do you ever get that? No, never. I See, just always get the like hairstyle of like Jessie J back oh, in the yeah. day or like Katy Perry. Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. I get, oh, you know, some. I get sometimes uh, James Franco, which is highly complimentary. Sometimes, you know, when I put my glasses on, people are like, oh, you look a bit like Johnny Depp and I like my ego explode. <laughs> but the one person I get is Craig from Big Brother. What? Yes, 2005. Craig, the one that fancied Anthony, Anthony or whatever. As in you. Yeah, I get that all the time. As in you. <laughs> you. You. I am not a provoking starter. And it's really weird because I can see it, like, facially. When I shave my hair off and I carry a bit Have more weight. Have you got weight. a picture of this? Um, I don't. But I, I mean... <sighs> I, I w- I'll show, I'd I'll sh- love to see this and do like a proper comparison. I, I mean, I don't have one right now, but I will show you when, when we stop recording. But Offer. believe me, and I will tweet this for everyone so they can see, I literally look like Craig from Big Brother. And it's, you know, it's something that I'm not ashamed of. I thought he was... He was the best one of that whole one, so that's He was. I mean, the thing, the thing that people... Oh, they're back. So the thing... <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> they're doing the skids like They're range. doing it. They're doing nice. it on purpose. The thing I thought that was most... People don't often realise this about Craig, but the most fascinating thing is that he genuinely believed that Earth was settled by aliens from the TV programme Stargate SG-1. This is the truth. And he thought that um, they came down to the planet Earth. And anyway, he explains this. Do you remember Sam? You probably wouldn't. The girl. Sam. This is him explaining like how like the Earth was settled. Well, the alien were apparently, apparently supposed to be the ones that um, brought us to Earth from another planet. Uh-huh. Evidently, and apparently there was an uprise, and another alien race came and exterminated them. But they didn't realise that they had a colony on Earth. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the end. It's like, ah. Oh my God! Can you believe that's real? Okay. So how do I link this? Uh, from Craig believing in aliens to episode three with Caroline Aylin. Yeah. That'll do. Yes, so episode three with Caroline Alien. This is actually a really lovely story because she was telling me all about writing, co-writing New Rules, uh, which uh, went on to be a massive big hit, number one for two weeks. And and this was before, this was actually on the day it was released. So 
Victor, you've got uh, the new Dua Lipa single, which is a bit incestuous in this house because <laughs> my boyfriend obviously works for her management and we are surrounded currently by their Dua Lipa paraphernalia. I'm pretty sure there's like some records that are signed somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so you, uh, so how did that come about? What was, what was the, the inspiration behind it? It's New Rules, right? Yes, it's New Rules. It's actually about, it's, this whole song is about um, a year and a half old. Yeah. And I wrote it with Emily Warren yes. and Ian Kirkpatrick. And it was my first session with both of them. Mm -hmm. And we had it in LA and the session was actually at a camp for Little Mix. All right. Well, basically we were in a room together. We ended up starting something. We started the song and we quickly realized it wasn't really Little Mix. Territory. Territory. Yes. But I loved it so much. Well, it's, so a great, we, it's a great song. Maybe I'll play a little bit of it. And uh, so, I'm so excited it's out. It came out yesterday, so I can actually use it today. Yay! See, some good can come out of this podcast. Um, you know, Caroline ended up with a number one single, and I um, got a free greg's card a vip greg's card because me and chris mandel were chatting about how greg's greg's is always the first company to ruin a meme and i said that they would probably ruin the Gemma collins meme and literally the day after that episode went live greg's followed me dm'd me and said here you go here's a vip greg's card do you want it and just today i had two sausage rolls on that and i'm living the life twitter's massive right there's plenty of room for Gemma collins gifts as well yeah yeah there is love Gemma collins Gemma collins Gemma collins i'm claustrophobic darren <laughs> she's so someone funny got someone pissing on her that i liked yeah i'm not into that <laughs> i'm not into that kind of thing yeah Oh God, having such a moment, she's having such a moment. It is weird, isn't it? It's getting appropriated by straight people, though. Yeah, I feel like the thing is, is and I've seen this Jump happen. in the shark, isn't it? Yeah, straight people are going to ruin it because they're going to get it wrong. Yeah. They're going to make you'll a joke. Get, you'll get a brand. It'll be a brand. It'll be like Greg's. They'll use a, a gif yeah. of Gemma Collins and everyone will be like, well, oh, fucking hell, Greg's. Mobile. Greg's are so vocal on Twitter. If you ever at Greg's, they will respond. They literally have a team of like 20 interns. When I got my job at Shortlist, they sent me a VIP card. Fuck off. Yeah. Greg's. A gold card, yeah. Fuck off. It had 20 quid on it. But if you ever tried to spend 20 quid in Greg's, it takes a long time. I think yeah. I did five visits. I am, I get a cheeky sausage roll, <laughs> maybe three or four times a week. Do you know there's like a thousand calories? <laughs> I don't go near them, but what I will tell you- Why not? There's none near where I work or live. There's none in Streatham. None really? In There's not one in Brixton. Do you have a Percy Ingle? No. That is weird. Yeah. In Newcastle, there's a 24-hour Yeah, they have a bouncer outside on Friday nights. Yeah. I've been turned away from that, Griggs. Have you? I mean, to be honest, like I'm not in the mood for a sausage roll after a night out. I would the chicken get a bake. steak slice, mm -hmm. steak bake, and I would microwave it the next day. I love bread. Mm -hmm. How did we get on to talking about this? I don't know. Talking about blue carbs. And last but not least, I'm going to take it back to episode 15 um, with Julian and Sam when I was in France. And the reason is because we're coming to the end of this episode. Um, I just thought it was really funny that I kept trying to wrap um, the episode with Sam and, and Julian, but Sam 
wouldn't allow me and I just think this is a really funny ending so okay and last but not least Sam with my or- one choice your one choice because Julian was quite <laughs> greedy with three little fucker oh. <laughs> um, so yeah I've got a choice which is not necessarily super French but it's quite franglais right which I think is quite appropriate for this podcast yeah because yeah. I reckon we've spoken and I was 50-50 French English would you say 50-50 franglais <laughs> not sure about that but I was reintroduced to this song recently when recently. I recently <laughs> <laughs> sorry you did say recently didn't you I'm recently the hand Pino's me, hit hand me glasses of Pino I don't know about seven <laughs> oh, did you hear a bone? Mm. <laughs> that, oh, that was my shoulder oh. joint. So I was reintroduced to this song yeah. when I watched the new newest version of Beauty and the Beast. Ah, voila. Which is a very wonderful film. I really With like Emma it. Emma Watson. I, yeah, I, I, I like Beauty and the Beast. I think it's got a positive message. The chauvinist pig gets killed in the end, which is great. But and he mm, doesn't get his way. Hot. He's hot in the cartoon, not so much in the film. Really? He taught me what the word masticating means, which is chewing. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have thought that. Oh, no, it's spitting, masticating. Is it? Yeah, masticate. Well, maybe it's chewing. Well, anyway. We'll run a poll. <laughs> <laughs> you could just check the dictionary. I can. I'm actually a really big fan of the dictionary. Yeah. I think it's a really important British historical thing. <laughs> the dictionary. Anyway, Sam, sorry, go on. So your, your choice is from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I like that film. And I know it's not necessarily French, but it's set in France. Yeah, it is. And people say bonjour a lot. In that film, yeah. And the, th- the funny thing is, is what going back to what we were saying before about French service, yeah. this film is in no way what I've ever experienced <laughs> in France. Be our guess, right? Which is why I love it so much. Because yeah. it's the complete opposite of what you get in France. Yeah, it's like I've never been sung to by a candelabra. If only. You'd be our if guess. only. If only be our guess was the truth, but it isn't. It's literally like get off our property. If only the dishes were obsessed. Yeah. We're obsessed. I love it. I love it so much. So I hope you've enjoyed it, listeners, a little taste of France. Hopefully you can be our guest. <laughs> That's so bad. Sam. <laughs> who, who are you? Who's fucking podcasting? <laughs> That's so crap. So crap. We got interrupted by a fucking toad. Sam's been tapping on the table, so none of this is I'm gonna gonna Sorry, be usable. Edit that out. Because every time <laughs> Every time Sam makes a point, she taps to emphasise a point and it picks it up on the microphone. Now, it wouldn't be a episode of Bottle Pop, Greatest Hits or Not, without some kind of aux cable selection. And I was having a look back through all the episodes and obviously I've been inspired by a lot of the songs. A lot of them have gone into my rotation and I've become, you know, a big fan of a lot of the tracks that I was presented with, some more than others. I thought I would enter five songs into the Season 1 Aux Cable Hall of Fame. So I'm going to give you a little countdown. Okay, so at number five, this was from episode 15 and it was Julian's choice. Um, He doesn't get any special privileges, but this is a banger. It's Laurie with Je vais vite. Je vais vite, je m'entraîne à ne pas perdre une seconde. Je vais vite, mais je freine quand je vois que tu tombes. Je vais vite, car je sais que le chemin est long. 
number four is from episode one with Joe Stone back in June. This was Gentina Badass Strip. <laughs> And number three is uh, one of Leo Callian's choices from episode eight, and it's RuPaul featuring the cast of All Stars 2. It's Redo Wrote You. Here to make it clear I know you love me baby That's why you brought me here Was a bitch on season 5 I'm gonna make it right Give me a sewing challenge And I'll give you what you like I'm full of tricks baby Just like on Halloween A room full of monsters And it makes me wanna scream I have to get this right So you don't waste your time Not like my comedy I'm And the number 2 um, my, my number 2 Orcs Cable Choice uh, Is from Kate Stewart From episode 5 Back in June and it's Hey Cutie by Cutie. Every time you think of me, boy. 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 Number one, um, we go to episode seven. So that's Sophie Wilkinson. And she pretty much read me perfectly on that day. And the number one choice um, entering the Bottle Pop Greatest Hits Volume One Hall of Fame is Freak by George Michael. wonderful uh, four months it's been um, I just basically would like to thank everybody who took part, everybody that's listened obviously this Greatest Tits episode is going out um, on the 14th of September uh, the Bottle Pop Season 1 Rap Party is on the 16th of September and it's going to be held at the Queen Adelaide from 9pm there's going to be special guests DJing um, from episode 4 and episode 8 and it's also my birthday so if you're around uh, do come and say hi Um, I'll definitely do a second season in in, in a few weeks time Um, and there'll be a few little bonus things in between then and now um, but yeah, um, one last time, thank you everyone. And I've been Thomas Ball. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Bye. And this week, it's the illustrious Joe Amira McKeldry Stone, Emma J. Marsh. Hello, Emma. How are you doing? And my wonderful friend, Caroline Aylin. Round of applause for Caroline. Uh, Mr. Emily Kay. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey Stuart, in the house. I'm joined by Nick Levine, the wonderful, talented Nick Levine. Super mask. Sophie Wilkinson, Hello. the fantastic, wonderful Leo Callian, pop star, singer, songwriter, legend, sensation, legend, genius, Midlands massive, <laughs> Claire McGuire, <laughs> Michael Cragg in the house, the wonderful David Lim, fabulous Alim Karaj. I'm joined by Hannah Jane Lewis. <laughs> oh, here she is. I'm joined by Chris Mandel. Je suis accompagné de Julianne Rupert and Sam Luton. Hi, <laughs> Becky Hill. Hi.